Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Brainwaves. Hear the world differently. Bringing community mental health to you, raising awareness and challenging stigma. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio, Wednesdays at 5pm. Melbourne's Drive Time Radio Program, featuring community organisations, powerful stories and information. Find us at brainwaves.org.au. Proudly sponsored by Wellways Australia. Hello and welcome to Brainwaves on 3CR, 8.55am. 3CR Digital Radio and 3cr.org.au. My name is Evan and today from the Brainwaves team we have Kaylin who will be interviewing our guests today. I would like to begin by paying my respects to the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation who are the traditional custodians of the land on which I am coming to you from today. Land where at Brainwaves we tell our stories and land where the traditional custodians have told their stories for many, many years before us and continue to tell their stories. I would like to pay my respects to Elders past and present and acknowledge all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners who are listening today. Today on Brainwaves we'll be talking about the Big Anxiety Melbourne NAM Cultural Festival of Lived Experiences. We chat to its co-directors Jill Bennett, Scientific Professor of UNSW Sydney and Renata Kokanovich, Professor of RMIT University. Scientific Professor Jill Bennett is the founding director of the National Institute for Experimental Arts and the Big Anxiety Festival as part of the leadership team of the Aging Futures Institute. Professor Renata Kokanovich co-founded Health Talk Australia and is the 2017 Vice-Chancellor's Senior Research Fellow and Director of RMIT Social and Global Studies Centre. We're very lucky to have both Jill and Renata here today. Now I'll hand you over to Caitlin to talk about the Big Anxiety Festival. Welcome to Brainwaves, Jill and Renata. Thank you. Thank no you worries. And before we get started today, um, can you just tell us a bit about the Big Anxiety Festival and how you both came to be involved? Yeah, so we started it in 2016 in Sydney and we've run a couple of big iterations in Sydney and then this year we were in Queensland, Brisbane and regional Queensland. And so it's it's growing. It just came from a small idea about wanting to really kind of draw on the cultural sector to to work on issues relating to mental health. And then Renata came and saw the festival when it was in Sydney. Yes, so I came and saw the festival. I learned about the festival before and I was very impressed with the approach of um, that the festival was taking in in using creative uh, creative arts approaches to bring to the fore lived experience and create amazing outputs that could be used to raise empathy in the community around mental health concerns. And so I approached Jill and she kindly uh, agreed that we work together on the fest- to bring festival um, to Melbourne and establish this collaboration between two universities, University of New South Wales at Melbourne University and RMIT University, sorry. Wonderful. And and when's the festival being held? 
The festival in in is being held uh, at our, uh, at RMIT University, but also across uh, a number of other venues, including ACME, Federation Square, Yara Ranges, uh, Museum, Jolt. Uh, and Jill, am I forgetting something? Oh, there are a few more venues, but you can see them on the website. It's from yes. the 20th of September through to 15th of October. Wonderful. So wonderful. Um, And why create a festival focused on lived experience? Well, well oh, sorry, no, do you on. want to answer that? Go on then. <laughs> no, no, just okay, uh, so, so we... Um, it was it was acknowledged um, a while ago that the best way to understand what is going on for people um, is to really talk to them and and uh, try to understand their lived experience. It's also that lived experience presents the best evidence to use to design support and services for people. They need them. We were also encouraged with the, with the Royal Commission inquiry into mental health who uh, who came up with. Uh, resulted with a number of different recommendations number of different recommendations but in particular a recommendation that lived experience of emotional and mental distress should be at the center of any activity design to uh, design to support people with lived experience in the community and also in designing uh, support services within the health service I think um, really the reason is that we work from lived experience in everything we do. So it's very bottom up. I mean, all of my research, that would be true of. So um, it's not so much wanting to find out about people with lived experience. It's that we are people with lived and living experience. And and so it's really filling a gap where, in fact, most services are designed from a clinical perspective or a service provider perspective. So we're saying that the arts naturally sort of is about experience, you know, visual arts, all art forms have, are a, a means of understanding complex emotions and mental distress. And so... Um, there's sort of a natural alliance, I think, between the arts and lived experience, much more so than there is between the arts and medicine. Oh, 100%. I agree with you totally. And in my experience, you know, we've talked to a lot of people here on Brainwaves and that's been a really common theme, which has definitely shone through. Yep. So, yeah. And how does the festival reposition mental health as a collective community-based cultural responsibility? Yeah, I think our goal really is to take mental health right out of the clinical framework not not that we're completely opposed to <laughs> clinical work but that's there's an over-reliance you know we look at all of these recent reports the productivity commission it's a no-brainer you know there's an over-reliance on clinical supports when mental health is like an ongoing 24-7 proposition so we need supports that people want to use and that are meaningful embedded in community spaces. So it's really about, um, you, you know, what, what if we reimagine mental health support from a cultural perspective and a lived experience perspective and we just think completely differently about designing um, services and supports. So, um, and those, those, those supports aren't going to look like anything we have at present. They might be virtual reality um, environments or, you know, arts programs, theatre programs, but um, 
you know, with with a, a little more application than maybe uh, stuff that's out there at the moment. So it's it's really about um, yeah, re rethinking what this whole field might look like. Wow, I bet there's some really interesting things that are going to come out of this space for sure. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> So on your website, you list a set of principles for action uh, to guide your practice. I think this is really excellent. But what made you decide to create this list and why do you think it's so important? Yeah, we did that list actually. um, It was Beck Moran, one of our, well, our consumer lead on the festival forum. Um, And we did that actually earlier this year um, when we did the Queensland work, just because I think we were beginning to clarify for ourselves what it really meant to work from lived experience. And often people say to us, oh, you know, how do you know if your programs are therapeutic? Are they clinically driven? And we're saying no, they're not, but they are trauma-informed and they do work. And to say that doesn't mean they're unscientific or not valid. It's a conscious decision um, to sort of upend the hierarchy and say what happens if we just work from lived experience in a trauma-informed way? How do we get, um, uh, you know, programs that are really transformative for people. And so the principles are around, you know, some of the key, well, they're the, the, outlining the key principles that have to do with, you know, respecting people's agency and attending to power relations, which themselves might be uh, detrimental. So what if we put the energy into doing that, creating spaces that are really open for people to talk about what matters to them and then think about supportive ways of, of working through together? Mm, it's wonderful and it's it's great to see that you know you're taking this approach I think that you know a lot of support can often cause more trauma and you're obviously trying to minimize that which is really good so that's wonderful yeah um so this is the first time that the show is really being held in Melbourne are there any plans to launch the big anxiety in other states that are yet to experience it Yes, <laughs> there are always <laughs> We are thinking about the Northern Territory next. We're in discussions, but it's interesting. We, um, since we announced Melbourne, um, there have been inquiries from Canberra and just yesterday, Central North Coast, which is interesting. Um, it tells you something. And then when we did Queensland, we ended up, we still have, um, uh, pieces in Maroochydore and, um, you know, various areas because it just sort of flowed and that's what we wanted to happen, you know, rather than it just pops up like a circus and then it's gone and, you know, we're trying to really embed it. Yeah, and I can tell you now, uh, you know, I mentioned just before we started today that I've already had friends come and tell me all about it. So, you know, I think it's it's definitely getting uh, the the words getting out there, and I can um, see how it will be popular in future years for sure. Brilliant. Yeah. Um. Right. So let's talk about some of the festival highlights. Now, the first one being the Big Anxiety Forum, um, which is learning from lived experience, which takes place on the sixth and seventh of October. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, I mean, this is really the centerpiece of, of the festival in that it's a two-day intensive. And um, we kind of pioneered this earlier this year in Brisbane. And what we wanted to do, because, you know, often there's, you know, people have conferences, but we didn't want it to be just talking about projects. We wanted to immerse 
people in it. So you do a workshop and you feel something, change happens, you can test, test it out. And so we had a few very powerful workshops that we tried out in in Brisbane. I mean, one in particular, I'll give you an example um, from my colleague, Marianne Wobke, who is a, um, she's an artist and a, a trained midwife, actually, of herself of Stolen Generations um, heritage. So really understands um uh, you know, what ha- happens with intergenerational trauma and complex trauma, you know, what what happens if you experience trauma, abuse, neglect, um, you know, being ripped away from your family in um, early childhood. And so she does um, a really powerful workshop, which is an audio-visual, just a totally embodied experience, um, that sort of supports that looking at that process. And, um, and so then when we do things like that, we try to put support around that. So we look at then, you know, stuff might come up. So we have some decompression activities and then we have, uh, nothing's completely passive. It's a lot of it's interactive, but there, there are some sort of listening and more the- theatrical sort of, um, presentations as well. But, um, but it's all about really making stuff happen, happen and, and being in the experience and attending to what, why that's difficult. Cause often, you know, if we, if we come from a trauma background, just kind of, being in the building, joining in, having the experience. So difficult just to have an experience, right? It's not open to everyone. That's right. So what about if we really think about that and try, just try to put in place everything we can to ma- make it happen? And, of course, you can't do that overnight. But as we know, just just attending to that difficulty rather than just, you know, gathering everyone in a room and thinking that yeah. it will just happen. Wow, that's amazing. So basically it sounds like, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it sounds like, you, you you know, you're providing support for people when they're coming into these spaces and they might be having a response to what they're participating in and it's a safe space, which sounds absolutely Hopefully. beautiful. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And uh, my colleague, Beck, who I mentioned, who helped design those principles, she's been working on... Um, uh, a quiet space and what she calls a not so quiet space so these are the kind of <laughs> retreat spaces that you can go to so we want to make it you know if you have to leave something as as we do sometimes it's kind of overwhelming or too intense what do you do you, you actually don't have to leave the event you can go to one of these spaces and we've got a survey that's still open actually that consumers can respond to what makes them people feel um safe or unsafe mm. and of course we don't get everything um right but we try to just listen and it's a work in progress and hopefully there's that intent of people coming together trying to support each other and yeah identify it yeah just a different way of wow. thinking about it <laughs> yeah it sounds like a real <laughs> and this massage I have to Oh, wow, that sounds amazing, yeah. (laughs) We do this long table, which um, we've been doing um, largely around trauma and suicide, and it's a a kind of consumer lived experience-led conversation, completely open, very supportive, 
Um, but when we do that, we've started putting massage um, in the room. So again, you know, you you can come and go, and it's about you, you can sort of regulate and and calibrate like you you need to, you know. So yeah. yeah. No, no. I just think I mean I would like to add a couple of other highlights, mm. uh, if if that's okay, yeah. outside, of the, outside of the forum. So as as we mentioned, there 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 is a series of exhibitions across RMIT galleries, um, where we are featuring um, work um, based on lived experience. Some one of the projects that I would like to mention is project uh, which is looking uh, which is looking into. Um, showing uh, lived experience of people uh, who attended emergency departments for their mental mm. concerns. And there was a VR output that was produced uh, in collaboration with research participants and Jill's team and um, team that I work with. So this is really um, co-created um, with, with an aim to raise an awareness about experiences these people are going through uh, in the community, but also to, to inform uh, and influence better design of those spaces, and also um, to to provide like more out more empathic response in the community and health services towards these really complex experiences. So it's pretty amazing. Yeah, resource and the key uh, key component of developing uh, it, it was that it really it was really co created together with research participants, and then the second uh, second. Um, Example that I would like to mention is a is a uh, awkward conversations, which is very always proved to be very very popular and very well received in previous installment of the festival, and this is one on one conversation program um, to discuss challenging topics about mental health. Uh, and people could book um, the, uh, stimulating chats with inspiring artists, and we do have a, a number of artists that are listed on our. Uh, Big Anxiety website, which is the Big Anxiety One Word dot org. So this includes Daniel Rich, Peter, uh, uh, Re- sorry Daniel Regan, Peter Murray, Nicola Redhouse, Kim Mint, and uh, and many and few other um, few other artists. And then to to finish, I would also like to mention a children's sensorium, which is um, already uh, an open uh exhibition at design hub gallery at um RMIT University and this this uh this project is uh curated by Grace McWilton from School of Arts from uh, um RMIT University and we we have worked with a group of contemporary artists to create a space for children that they can connect where they can connect with their senses explore their feelings um, and in, in a safe environment and also um, to learn how to how to regulate their, their emotions. Um, so it's, it's, it is proving very popular because yesterday there, there was a workshop run by our colleague Larissa Hjort, uh, an artist who is involved in the children's sensorium with like 20 kids and their parents. Wow. So I would like to encourage parents uh, to go or maybe over the weekend with their children and explore this, this amazing space where, where people could really learn from, ex- learn within and experience things in a, in a supportive environment as well. And is there any cost for that one? No, no, no. that's a free. All event. the exhibitions at RMIT are, are free, and actually most of our events are free, or or people could donate if mm-hmm. they feel like it. Um, and also the forum 
uh, forum is a, a event that people need to register for and, and pay, but it it ranges um, uh, price ranges to accommodate people's people's uh, abilities to contribute. Wow, that's wonderful. It sounds like as well as being you know a space for expression and understanding and curiosity, it's also a space for learning about how to deal with your own you know feelings and emotions you know for kids but also for adults as well I feel like this is just like this beauty beautiful explorative space for everyone and then you know as a community we're also learning from each other which is wonderful yeah absolutely it is yeah there there are quite a few things like that and we've tried also in the exhibitions there's another um, part of this exhibition archives of feeling uh, coming up um in the RMIT gallery that um, has some quite complex works. Um, Renata mentioned the ED um, piece, but there's another that we made with people um, who had been given a diagnosis of borderline personality disorder, but flipping that right, I mean, and all the people in the project had difficulty with that diagnosis. And uh, so it's really, again, like, unpacking that from the lived experience perspective it's a beautiful work I did there's there's six what we did was actually um it created scripts with consumers survivors and then actors reenacted those scripts so it it's a beautifully performed work but it's, it's so moving and it just gets you into inside that experience and i think this is going to be so important especially for clinicians and people to understand what it means you know behaviors like you know, say self-harm, things that get labelled and pathologised, understanding what that means when, when you know, people people take that option and just what it feels like. What it feels like, that's yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. that's a big one. Yeah, And it just all comes to life. I, I love it because hearing those all together, um, it, it's just so, I mean, it. I think it's really um, important and inspiring for other consumers, young people who, you know, the experience resonates with, but it also completely changes perceptions. And um, so, yeah, I, I, I think these are they're quite deep experiences that might be triggering for some people. So we try to create an environment and let people know what, what they're um, going to experience. But mm. it's really about just sitting with um uh you know people where's people mm, it's, it's and, you know and, you're listening yeah. to an actor or you're listening to a recording or an experience mm. but it's actually being with that experience and and realizing that you don't have to label it box it up run away <laughs> be scared of it you know it, mm. it we can listen in another way that's but powerful. also, I think what's really important to emphasize is that this uh, this piece is also uh, was created in close collaboration with research participants. So they they co-created the script. They are also acknowledged as an authors of mm-hmm. the of the work, um, and so that, that this is really the, the kind of methodologically um, important for for us to to honor those experiences and to also make sure that the way they are represented out there in the world 
uh, is actually embraced and approved by people who whom who share their stories with us. Mm, absolutely, and for a lot of people, I'd imagine this would be eye-opening from the fact that they may only have one perception of their experience, and so to be able to look at it in another light can be really empowering and and you know really 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 wonderful. This is great work you're doing. Yeah, I think this is a good example of why we need the arts because a lot of young people you find yourself in the system you get a diagnosis it may be useful but it may not be it may be completely stigmatizing lead nowhere you don't get the trauma-informed support you want Mm -hmm. potentially so to actually be able to share that experience and and um you know obviously if you're lucky enough to be part of a peer support program you might get something similar but but there are many people out there who aren't yet Mm. uh, making these connections with their community so I think if we can use creative media um, to do that it's just and this is this really I think is what we mean by um, you know sort of embedding supports in community it can be just that experience to connect and be touched by someone who's actually uh, you know they've lived your your story in a certain way and it, it, you just kind of make that connection absolutely well it sounds absolutely wonderful um what is the accessibility like for audiences i think it's good um you know and we've as as we said we've we've really put a lot of thought into how we design right right from thinking about um how you feel when you enter the building and um and how the flow of things work and so we we and we do that in a very open way we're going to get things wrong buildings haven't been designed for consumers um uh, let alone i mean like the ed project shows you know they're they're actually not designed at all for people in crisis Mm. and so just beginning to think actually that doesn't feel good how can we change this we can't always change the building no but we can start to think about um, how, yeah, how it feels for people. So I think that is really, it's sort of really extending um, the way we think about accessibility. I think in many ways that the disability um, uh, sector has made all the running here and um not not that people with with lived experience in our area haven't made the running, but in terms of it being implemented and people really thinking about what accessibility means, means you know, it's um, it, it yeah, it's really good to just say this this is what we're trying to do and tell us what you think, and that that's why we've got this survey actually about feeling safe or unsafe, just to try to surface all of this and and yeah make make it work for as many people as we can oh that sounds great and if people want to get involved in future festivals is there a way that they can do that yes well come to this one please come to our <laughs> forum we want to, the forum exactly. i mean it's all great but the forum is great because it's a chance to really bring together a lot of uh, lived experience voices and to take it forward and we you know it's it's a movement it's all happening and we can oh, do wonderful. more and more <laughs> that's great that's great well thank you both for coming on the show today now before um you go if you could again let our audience know how to find out more about this wonderful initiative that would be great so we have this wonderful website 
website and if people go to one word thebiganxiety.org there is all information about the festival there is information about the forum uh, pro forum program how to register as uh, as we mentioned before most of the most of the programs are for free some by donation it's very accessible and we really are encouraging and inviting everyone to come Wonderful. Thank you both so much. Uh, yes, and I'm totally in agreement. I think everyone should go to this. It sounds amazing. Um, and thank you for coming on the show today. Pleasure. Hope to see you at the festival. <laughs> Same. Yay! Pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Jill and Renata, for coming on the show today to share with our listeners. And thank you, Caitlin, for today's interview. We hope that everyone enjoyed today's show. You can find out more of our shows at our website, brainwaves.org.au or on the 3CR website, 3cr.org.au, or on Spotify, or where you download your 3CR podcast. If you have a story to share, or you'd like to send us feedback or suggestions for future shows, please email us at brainwaves at wellways.org. Thanks for listening, everyone. Stay safe. We'll be back next Wednesday at 5pm for another episode of Brainwaves on 3CR. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.